On this episode of the Maryland Baseball Network podcast, we discuss the sudden end to the 2020 season and look back at the success the Terps were having. We also look ahead to the future and some accolades that some Terps players have collected since the season came to a halt. I also sit down with Maxwell Costas and talked about how he's been handling the changes and how he's been focusing on his writing to serve as an inspiration during this tough time. Here we go. This is the Maryland Baseball Network Podcast. Here's your host, Zach Solon. All right, welcome into episode 77 of the Maryland Baseball Network podcast. Uh, Zach Solon uh, currently on Zoom, uh, so I'm not alongside Ben Fisher. I'm in New Jersey. He's up in Boston, but Ben, uh, I know it's a crazy time, but how are you hanging in there? Oh, you know, just just doing great. I'd, I'd say spiritually, we're alongside each other. Oh, yeah. So, and on the screen, so, too. Yeah, no, on the screen, we're, we're I'm tiny and, and you're normal size. Um, but, you know, just, just start, how are you hanging in, Zach? I'm doing all right. I mean, just trying to stay sane, do online classes, and then finals are next week. So stay busy, you know, through the summer. I, I was saying to my parents today, I was like, part of this is starting to feel like normal. Like the fact that like I'm in a routine, like I don't like it, but I'm dealing with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I just miss sports. Oh my God. That this is like, that's what makes it so much worse. Is like I was watching. I don't know if you stayed up. I watched Korean baseball the other night. Who was playing? It was the uh, NC Dinos, who are my favorite team, against the Samsung Lions. Okay. Yeah, and the Dinos won. I only made it up for like the first three innings. Then it was three o'clock in the morning. But I got. I wish the. I found out there was a team that was called the Unicorns that folded in like 2010, and I would have bought their team store out if they had still been around at this point. But, but now, in honor of our roommate, Colin, I got to root for the Wyverns. Wyverns. All right. So going back to some Maryland baseball, which we have not had for almost two months now. Uh, ben, going back to March 11th, you and I were sitting in our apartment recording what was supposed to be this episode of the Maryland Baseball Network podcast. And I had recorded it right before the series, before TCU. This was when the Big Ten and Big 12 had announced that there would be no fans in attendance during the game, but they would limit the attendance. And then the next day, the team flew down to Texas, and basically on that flight down was when every league had been canceling their seasons or, or postponing that turned into cancellations. And by the time the team had gotten to the hotel on Thursday afternoon, expecting to be there for a week, the season was canceled by the Big Ten. And, uh, and that was it. Obviously, it was shocking at the time. Uh, but as this the whole coronavirus thing has developed, we've seen that, you know, obviously the right decision made uh, to cancel sports for the time being. And seniors were granted their eligibility back. Tyler Blome has already said he plans to use that. No word yet from Elliot Zollner. But if you listen to some previous podcasts, you know that Elliot does have a job lined up for afterwards. So hopefully we'll have him on a future episode to talk about his future plans uh, and whatnot, but really, once the season shut down, everyone just kind of goes their separate ways. And we'll talk to Maxwell Costas later in this podcast about what he's been up to. But I think the most important thing is just that everyone learns to cope in their different ways, and and you look to move on. And we were really seeing some special things from this Maryland team this year. And Ben, that's where I kind of want to get some input from you. Obviously, it's been two months, but when you think about where the team would be this weekend, you know, uh, it's supposed to be playing Ohio State in the penultimate 
Big Ten series of the season, you know, there's just so much that we miss out on. Yeah, there is. And, and you know, obviously there's – it's frustrating to lose something like this, uh, to lose something like your season from something that's that's totally out of your hands. It's it's sort of – it's it's I would imagine sort of a large-scale societal version of how an athlete feels when they have a season-ending injury of just – this it you would rather that it be something that's your fault or something that somebody did as opposed as opposed to something that's uh that's totally out of your hands um you brought up an interesting point which i hadn't thought about um which was with uh with elliot zoner having a job lined up and now i'm really enjoying my image of the fuzz going into work uh and then showing up at the ballpark in a suit just ch- like changing in the back of an Uber, just like a cut scene in an eighties movie, just like get me there before the seventh inning. And like, just completely just follow that cab speeding through DC to get down to college park. And I'm pretty sure he would be ruled ineligible because you know, rules and stuff. Um, but, but I'm going to be honest, that image has, has been, that's in my head in the last 45 seconds. Uh, has been one of my favorites from the whole Maryland baseball season, both real and imagined. So, oh, right. so that's helpful. That's uh, that's pretty <laughs> interesting. That's it's, it's not, but thank you. I mean, listen, the way everything is gone, you never know what's going to happen down the line. So uh, you got to take what you can get. But what the Maryland baseball team got this year was a ten and five record. They got through fifteen games. Uh, before the season ended uh, when they were about to take on TCU and what was definitely going to be their biggest challenge. And Ben, that's kind of what I did want to ask you next is what your favorite moment from the season was, uh, but we'll stick to real moments this time. Okay. That's probably a good call. Um, I really liked, I can't remember which game it was. Uh, It may, it was one of the midweek games, I believe. It was either a midweek or a Sunday. It was, sort of a, it was the first really, really nice day game they had. And you were calling it, and I was writing it. And I remember it was the game where, uh, where Maxwell Costas hit two home runs. And the second one where he had, it was just that, like, that classic Maxwell Costas of just smooth, violent, right-handed swing ball down the left field line, this, walks out of the box and just flips the bat back towards the dugout. The Sunday against Rhode Island, the series. That would be, yeah. 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 In the, in the clean red jerseys. And I just remember I've seen the, they, they have the slow-mo video from down the first baseline of that. And I just remember just cause, uh, just seeing him because I, I, I knew how good he was coming into the year and then he hadn't really been showing the power the first like five or six games. And then just to see him sort of turn it on like that. And I remember after the game, uh, we were standing on the field. And after the interviews were over, you just walked up to him and you went, that second one, how soon after you hit it did you know it was gone? And he sort of put, had this smile on his face and he just went, oh, right away. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I've never been that confident about anything in my life. And this guy took a 90-mile-per-hour first-pitch fastball and just – Boom. And then was like, not only am I going to take you deep, I'm going to be the coolest person in this building right now. Um, so I, I just remember, I mean, that whole series uh, was pretty fun, but, but uh, just that specific one pitch at bat, I really enjoyed. 
Yeah, I got to say my favorite moment from the season, uh, apart from home runs, uh, was the third game opening weekend against the College of Charleston when the game was moved up an hour because of rain, but it still went to extras. It went to 10 innings, but the Terps were down 2 nothing going into the ninth. Sean Burke in his debut pitched excellently. And then some small ball uh, got two runs across the plate in the ninth and tied it. And then two wild pitches put the go-ahead run up in the 10th. And then Trevor Levante came in to close it out. And the Terps uh, went 3-0 opening weekend. And I think was, uh, you know, really a test of how much this team was fighting. And it's taken me personally about like two months now to really process everything and, and what's been missed. Obviously, I've accepted that, uh, that the season will, uh, will be done and that we'll pick up next year. But this year's team was really starting to feel like they were getting cooking. They were going to have a big test against TCU. But you know what? You learn to deal with it. And uh, in a way, it helps you to develop as a team. Obviously, it's heartbreaking uh, for everyone. Seniors are not freshmen who were, you know, getting a chance to be out there. A guy like Tyler Blome, who was recovering from an injury and really hadn't gotten a chance to get back out on the field yet. And Justin Vogt, who had gotten hurt, was on his way back. And then right as you get there, you know, your hard work's not really worth anything um, if you look at it that way. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to look back on the positives from the season, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I, uh, I do remember that, that uh, third game you were talking about. I remember just because – Late inning small ball to me is always just the most stressful thing in the world. Um, just because those situations where you know they're going to bunt or you know they're going to steal or something. And it's just the highest profile example I can think of. And also because it will make you mad. It's the Dave Roberts steal in 2004 of just every single person knows what's going to happen. And you have to execute this one play that shouldn't be that complicated. Um, also, that game had two, two big New Englanders throwing uh, key spots. So. I think, I think you probably chose my second favorite. Also, I got to hear you call it, which is always nice. Um, but yeah, no, the, the team definitely showed, uh, they showed, and I think you see, you see one of the things that everybody loves about college baseball is, is the spirit you see in the teams. You see sort of a rowdier bench that you see in pro baseball, and, and you see guys who are really, really, really invested in every single pitch and every single at bat, not just for themselves, but for their teammates. Um, and so sort of, to, to get to see those guys coming together and then see it cut short, especially for you, you got to see them up close. It really gives you perspective of how, how tough that is for those guys. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it really, you know, it, it sucks. That's the, the only good way to put it. I mean, and that's not even a good way, but it sucks, but you know, it's, it's, you know, it was the right thing to do uh, with everything that's going on. You know, no one knows when it'll end, but we hope it'll be, um, by the time of next baseball season. So if you have a favorite moment from the 2020 season, as short as it was, uh, feel free to send us a comment on this podcast, tweet at us, send us a DM on Instagram. Uh, we're all ears. We'd love to hear uh, what your favorite moments were. So Ben, we actually do have some news to go through uh, real quick to recap what's been going on. Uh, D1 Baseball came out with some power rankings for 2020, and the Terps had two players in the top 100 in the outfield. Randy Bednar ranked number 23. And Chris Aline ranked number 94. If they both go back to Maryland for next year, they'll be in their, uh, I guess it would be their junior season, right? Or senior season. Because I don't, I think the seniors got another year of eligibility, but I don't think everyone did, or did everyone. I don't actually know. Because um, 
I don't know if the stats from this year are counting yet. I know they haven't announced that officially yet. And then if seniors are getting to play another year, you have to think that everyone will get a reset. It'll consider this year a wash, right? You'd think so. If The stats should count, though. I mean, if- yeah, because nobody was really breaking any records. Like, anyone who's going to qualify for a batting title wouldn't have had No, record. the only thing this would matter for would be, like, if you're going for a career record or something. I'm yeah. Like, this is so weird. And also, like, in, in football, where you can play a certain number of games under – Neath a red shirt, like the, if you play your four games in football and throw for however many yards, those are still going to count, despite the fact that you didn't tech you technically redshirted. Yeah. So I would hope they count, just because you know. Yeah. Also, because then, also because then, like, think about the guys we saw this year who had like their first collegiate home run, and like ten years from now, somebody's like, "Hey, what'd you hit your first home run at Maryland?" They're like, okay, well, this is when I actually hit it. But <laughs> officially, technically speaking, I didn't hit my first home run until this. It would just be confusing for random bragging conversations. So I, I think I think they gotta let them stand. Yeah, um, that's that's a good way to look at it. But either way, Randy Bednar and Chris Elliott ranked in the top hundred outfielders in the country by D1 Baseball. And if they don't elect to go to the draft, if there even is a draft then uh, they will be back at Maryland next year for their second junior year or their senior year, or maybe first senior year. Maybe you get two. I don't know. And then Sean Burke also by D1 Baseball was ranked the 129th best starting pitcher in the country. And that's a good accolade for him, given that he had only had a handful of starts. He was really rolling there. Yeah, and I I think you can get I, – uh, I think for a guy like him, he's he's always going to get – uh, the benefit of the doubt because he's he's big and he has that really clean motion and he throws hard. But I think he definitely earned that spot. I don't think this is something where you look at him and this is a ranking you may make based on, you know, projectability or, or arm action or whatever it is people smarter than me about baseball look for. I think this was something where you looked at him actually go out and throw this year and you said, this kid is really, really talented. and This is what he's doing while still adjusting. He had a redshirt year, obviously, but while still adjusting to throwing in competitive NCAA baseball, um, I mean, we saw he he didn't like shut down Coastal Carolina, but he handled them pretty well uh, in in the toughest test of the season. So I think he really earned that spot, and I think for Ali and Bednar, I mean, they're both. I I think those are both really good rankings. I think Randy Bednar provides a lot of sort of pop he doesn't hit as many home runs as, as maybe Maxwell Costas does but you when he's hitting the ball he is teeing off and hitting line drives and then every now and then getting a hold of one uh like the ball he had over the uh over the over the team house uh at the bob and then Chris Aline I just really enjoyed watching him play defense oh, he is such I, a good defensive player and it seems like he, he's really working at it and just guys who who take that much pride in their defense sorry Bubba, Ellie. Uh, <laughs> but guys who take that much pride in their – as somebody who really enjoys watching guys who, who take pride in the fundamentals and put a lot of work into the fundamentals, I, I think watching him play defense was really, really fun this year. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Um, but without further ado, Ben, I do want to get to our interview. This week I had the chance to catch up with Maxwell Costas. Maxwell, obviously, last year's Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Uh, was leading the team in home runs this year. Maryland as a whole 
was leading the Big Ten in home runs before the uh, season was canceled. They had 15 overall as a team. But I sat down with Maxwell uh, (laughs) online, obviously, and uh, talked about how he's adjusting to this whole situation and what he's doing to cope with it and what he's doing to come back even better and also how he's keeping his mind active uh, by writing poetry and some other interesting things. So here's my interview with Maryland's Maxwell Costas. How you doing, man? Pretty good. I mean, you know, it doesn't take much to um, doesn't take much to you know keep me occupied and satisfied. So, you know, I've just been doing what I usually do, and I've been good, man. Like I do my schoolwork, do some riding, work out, do some skill work, and that's it, really. So I want to start by going backwards. Obviously, it's been about two months now since uh, we were down in Texas and everything kind of came crashing down because it all happened so quickly. I, if you remember, we had the game on uh, – yeah, the game against JMU on Wednesday and I left for Texas Thursday morning and by that afternoon – Thursday morning, we were like, yo, fly home Friday, Friday morning. Why don't you take me through what your initial reaction was, um, how Rob Vaughn told you guys, broke the news to you guys, what you were kind of hearing before then, before it all became official. I mean, like, the entire plane ride down there, everybody was getting texts like, oh, I, we canceled the league, or oh, Pac-12 canceled their season, uh, Big 12. Like, the, the Big 12 didn't cancel their season, I guess. So we were like, I guess we're going to play. I mean, you know, and then it's like 8 p.m. Like, it was right before we left for team dinner when the, uh, Coach Vaughn called us all of us in and was like, yeah, we're – Big Ten canceled our season. Uh, we're going to fly home tomorrow. And honestly, just kind of like – I was kind of expecting it at that point because, like like I said, the entire plane ride down there, so the whole three hours, we're just getting texts like, you know, um, this school canceled, this school canceled, this conference canceled, this school canceled. So we were like, you know, it's just a matter of time at this point. Yeah, and then uh, immediately after that, once you got back to College Park, did you stay for a couple days, try and see if it would kind of just be that two-week period that was initially announced, or did you uh, head back home? I mean, like, I'm only a 45-minute ride away, so, like, I just stayed. I stayed for a couple days because, you know, if I ever needed to go home, I can just hop on the train, I'll be home. So that I decided to stay for a couple days, just, like I said, do schoolwork, you know, it was weird when when we got back to campus. Campus was completely empty when we got back. Like there was nobody there, and we were all like, "Wow!" Like people got out of here fast. So since then, obviously the season was canceled. What have you guys been doing as a team? Have you been having online meetings? Have your coaches been sending you workouts to do, trying to keep you in shape? What's it been like? Coach Franco sends us workouts. Like you know, we he wants us to tell him like whatever, like what we have at home, what what we can do to use and stuff like that, and. Um, I mean, so at home I have some water jugs, uh, you know, water jugs, a couple of like plates laying around in a in a driveway, and I just you know make do. So, I mean, we talk, we try to talk to the team every now and then, just just checking to see how guys are doing. Uh, I just talked to um, Swope a couple of days ago. He he just wants us to check in, see how we're doing, all that and all that. And yeah, I mean, like. You know, obviously the guys, we all text each other all the time. Like, I was on a FaceTime call with, uh, like, Blown, Fish, uh, Matt Orlando, and a bunch of other guys. We were all just sitting there just laughing with each other and stuff. So, I mean, we, we're doing what we can to stay in touch. So you brought up uh, Tyler Blown there. Obviously, him and Elliot, the two seniors that you guys have. Um, and it's probably more devastating for them than anyone else. 
um, given the circumstances. But Bloom is coming back next year, at least um, that's his plan. How did he break that news to you guys, and what was the team reaction like? I mean, I was the last one to know, apparently, because, <laughs> you know, um, unfor- unfortunately I'm not in the team group chat because it uh, – it filled up, it filled up really fast. And I was the last one to try to get in. So I didn't know until he actually posted it online on, on Instagram. So I was happy, man. Me and Tyler go way back all the way to high school. You know, um, I remember sophomore year hitting that home run off him in the championship. Good time. Gave him his only loss of the year. So, you know, like it was good to see he's coming back that I never, you know, my, Martin had gotten to see him like, you know, when he was at his best, but I feel like, you know, he still he just been coming back. He started throwing against throwing off the mound. So I was hopeful to see him back, like, you know, back, like I saw him in high school, like he was just like this overpowering figure, like it, it pitched like pitched like nobody else. And he was just a dominating. So hopefully he gets back to that form of this season coming and we'll have another good arm in the bullpen. Exactly. And then speaking of Marty as well, um, what's he been up to? And is, uh, is he home with you? Yeah, he's home with us right now. So how have you guys, have you guys been working out together, trying to uh, boost each other? Working out with each other, playing video games, getting each other, getting on each other's nerves. Yeah, the usual. So that makes, uh, makes your mom happy to have you both home, though. Exactly. Yeah, so then moving on, you've got your classes online, too. And obviously, I'm sure you made your class schedule um, planning this spring to have an entire baseball season filled with practices and traveling and everything. But um, what's it been like taking online classes personally? Oh, so much easier. It's so much easier, bro. I remember having to study for tests on planes and stuff like that because the moment we landed, as soon as we got back to the hotel, I would have to take a test that night or something like that. So having everything like laid out in front of me already is so much easier. At least for me, I know for for a lot of kids, it's harder because their professors have been assigning a lot more work than they would have. But at least I'm glad to say my professors are like understanding of our situations and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to bog you guys down with work or anything like that. Most of my classes don't even meet because a lot of my classes have lectures and they said that that's like, you know, what's the, what's the point of us sitting in a computer screen and listening to one person talk to talk to 250 kids? You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad to see that I got a good draw for these online classes compared to some of my other friends. Mm-hmm. So I'm, so my experience with online school has been pretty good. Yeah, and obviously everyone's got different majors, certain classes you take. I know people who are probably in lab sciences, you know, it's a lot more difficult for the, them and whatnot. So kind of continuing on through what life has kind of been like since. Did you have any plans for the summer? I was going to go to the Cape Cod League and – I'm not gonna lie I, I wasn't even excited for the baseball I was excited solely because like I love sharks like I when I was little I used to love sharks so much and I was like this is the first this is like the the prime opportunity to go up there and see some great white sharks and dang <laughs> you hate to see it <laughs> um so now since that's uh, obviously not in the cards for the summer Obviously, this is still a developing situation. No one knows what it's going to be like, you know, a week from now, a month from now, even three months from now. But um, assuming everything goes according to plan and not the Cape League and the Cape League doesn't happen, what are you planning to do for the summer? Workout. Uh, I mean, like, you know, work out. <laughs> do, do, do what I always do. Like, I'm, you know, um, where is it? Like, I've almost finished filling up this whole book with poems and stuff, so I'll have a 
a good selection to actually write a book now, you know, turn it into an maybe maybe uh, do like do like an online book or something like that. I yeah, think that'd that, be pretty cool to do. That's what I was leading into next is obviously um, you're known for writing your poems and then keeping your mind active and whatnot. Have you been writing a little more during this time and how has the situation in a way inspired you and then what kind of poems have you written? I've been doing, I've actually been doing a, a ton more writing now. Like, you know, on, and honestly, like most of the time, it, it's not even me like writing like a full poem all the time. It, it is like, you know, I guess, um, if I ever have a thought or something, I'll just write it down on my phone. Or if I have like, or if a couple thoughts come together, I'll write something short and just save it for later when I'm actually like, when I can actually like sit down and like, you know, give some, give like a good two, three hours to writing or something like, or or, or something of that nature, you know? I, I, it, it, the process of making a poem is actually like a lot like more intricate than people. Think. I just don't just sit down and just come up with stuff, you know? I wish I wish I had it like that. It'd be cool if I had it like that. But I think it's more so like um, just kind of like when you'd be having like bits and pieces coming to you throughout the day. You just write it down and you just expand on those bits and pieces. Exactly. If you think that it's been in a way sort of a coping mechanism for you during this time, kind of, you know, your plans change. I know you're kind of a go with the flow guy, but. I mean, poetry has always been like, you know, ever since I first like first time I shared a poem with you on the Merlin bus you know I still remember that so like it, it's always been something that kind of like keeps me calm in a way like I get like if I can go and just sit down and just write my thoughts out instead of just having them circling in my head all the time like it, it helps me a lot just like kind of organize things in my head and I definitely feel like it's something that's helped me as a person helped me as a baseball player like just all the way around my life Mm-hmm. Um, I saw on your Instagram page one of the poems that you wrote um, I don't know if you wrote it now or um, a few months ago but uh, it's called 2800 Miles yeah yeah so I wrote that I wrote that um, I wrote that I actually wrote that in February I wrote that in February and it's because um, I wrote that in February because you know my I was like because Thomas the kid I wrote it about right he um, his season was over finally so me and him were talking a lot more and I was like, and I was actually taking a, um, I was taking a uh, psychology relationships class. I was taking a psychology relationships class. And one of the things our teacher said to us was that was talking about um, gratitude. And she said that, you know, one of the things that science psychologists, scientists, psychologists say that's good for you is to like, you know, if somebody has, affected you in a really positive way in your life right and it's good for your it's good for your mind to like write down like why they why they affected you and like thank them right and that's good for your like psychology because it shows it it makes you feel like you know somebody out there cares about me one it, it shows you that the power of like you know good feelings so our assignment for one of the classes was to was to um write like a like a half a page like a half a page about um like somebody who's affected us in our life. And I started writing a half a page and I was like, why not just make this into a poem? Right? And so sat there, they did some writing, the editing, writing, editing, re-editing, editing again, taking stuff out, because you know, he probably would have choked me if I kept some of the jokes I made in there about him. But 
and that's kind of like what it ended up being, you know? So and I'm glad he liked it. I would hope he did. You know, I worked hard on that thing. But, like, yeah, so, I mean, I, I try to try to um, draw from a ton of different inspirations when I write. Like, I'm writing, um, I'm thinking about writing a series of poems right now based on, like, based on, like, really interesting scientific facts. So one of them I'm going to write about is um, the universe is 99.9999996% empty space. Right, and then write something about that. Or another one I saw was um, there's certain species of octopus that can change the color of the skin to camouflage their surroundings. And write, write something about that. Just like find like just interesting stuff to just write about. That's awesome. That's uh, I knew the I knew the universe is mostly empty space thing. Did not know the octopus thing. That's pretty. Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. Like some this there's some cool fact and just write about it. Exactly, and then. With baseball, I assume your goal post-college is to try and have a career in the uh, major leagues like your brother is. How do you think poetry and, and your writing might play a factor in that? Do you think you could use, obviously you use baseball as an inspiration from time to time, but do you think you could bring any of your, um, you know, creativity into uh, a new environment? even after Definitely, college? man. Um, Coach Warner is always telling us that, you know, baseball is what we do, but it's not who we are. You know what I'm saying? I've, wrote, I've written a lot of about my mental health and stuff like and, and things of that nature like when it was I wrote about when my mental health was bad I've written about when my mental health was good I've written about like when it was just so and so and I think one of the things about social media is that it makes it seem like everybody is perfect like if you, if you look at like um who's a, who's a athlete with a really big social media like someone like um OBJ right that man probably has hundreds of millions. I don't even know. But he probably doesn't. But he has, like, a lot of followers. There's a lot of followers. Yeah. And yeah. you wouldn't really see, like, if you looked at his Instagram, you wouldn't see, like, the problems he has. Like, he, I bet you he struggled with mental health. I bet you he has idiosyncrasies about himself that that he, he's dealing with. And when, But when you look at his Instagram page, you would tell he's living the life. And... I, you know, most, and you would probably say, you would probably say this too, I'm a really positive person. Yeah. I was, I was like, I'm smiling, laughing all the time and cracking jokes, but like, I, you probably think I was the last person that'd be like really depressed or something like that. So I, I, I would think I want to use like my writing and stuff to show people that like there's, all of us have depth to us. Like all of us, like our surface level is not just who we are. Um, and I, I, I can can I add something to that? Okay. I don't mean to cut you off, man. Oh, like, of it, it, to add that, like, um, it's okay to have problems. Like you know, men, mental health stigma is such a huge thing, and I'm glad to say that it's starting to die out a little bit because people are caring about it more. But like, I would definitely say that it it's it's kind of like as athletes, I would say. As athletes, we don't want to tell ourselves that we feel bad. Like the, you know, like like you know, even Coach Vaughn would say that. You know, as an as an athlete, like you never want to have the mindset, "Oh, I feel bad right now." Like there's a stigma around it. Like, like not even the fact that there's a stigma, but like I like when you're playing, like you don't want to tell yourself you feel bad because like that's get that's putting negative thoughts in your mind. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's and Coach Coach Vaughn was actually the the um 
the first person to push me to go see a psychologist. I wouldn't I wouldn't have done it if he if he wouldn't even like push me to do it. And thank you for doing that. Like this uh, Dr. Garvin, who's a sports psychologist in Maryland, one of the greatest human beings on the planet, if you ask me. So I I think that I I want to use my writing and stuff to show people that it's okay to have problems and more so you can succeed with problems. You know, I, I still get depressed sometimes. I still get anxious and nervous. And that I will say that even though I still get those feelings, going to see somebody and talk to somebody about it, it gave me a lot of like, it might like information, first of all, like information, somebody that I can just talk to, too. And it showed me that I don't have to, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't have to suffer because of it. Like I have like tactics and tricks and, and ways to help deal with it now, instead of just like letting it just consume me and having to perform and having to perform while I feel like, you know, terrible. So that's what I really want to use my writings about. That's, uh, that's great. I think that's, that's a great thing you're doing. And I'm glad you, um, you know, see it as a way to, to express yourself and, and among those. So that actually kind of leads me into this, whether it be positive or negative, it doesn't necessarily matter. How do you think this whole pandemic and season cancellation will first change you and also just change uh, the game of baseball as you know it? So maybe not major league baseball, but just your perception of the game and, and, uh, and your path and everything. Well, man, next year is about to be competitive as hell. If you ask me, I get, because, I mean, I would like to think I'm not the only one who, you know, I get May, June, July, August, about four months to work on all the, all of the lacking parts of my game. So, like, I've been doing a lot of speed work. Uh, thanks, Franco. Um, I've been doing a lot of, like, I've, I jog about three miles every other day now. Like, just not, I don't even, honestly, I don't even keep, like, a timer for myself. I just jog. Right. I do that. I do a lot of like um, agility work, like just focusing on the parts of my game that are lacking. So lacking, so to speak, you know, and and still and still get finding some time to work on like the to, you know, iron out like the better parts of my game. Like, you know, I swing a I swing a, like a 50 ounce bat 300 times a day. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully next, next scene you come see me, I can actually hit a ball over the team house instead of on top of it, you know, and I, I think that, um, Troy, Troy's teaching him, Troy's teaching himself to hit, um, to switch hit right now. Yeah, I've seen him. He's Troy, <laughs> Troy's teaching himself to switch hit right now. Like, and, and I told, I told him, I'm like, yo, <laughs> yo, you're diff. If you come back, yo, if you come back next fall and you're switch hitting and you're doing it well, <laughs> Omaha now. <laughs> you see, I'm, like just taking time to to do things to, like up our find ways to up our game. You know, I've been doing a lot of defensive work. Like that's one of that that's the weaker part of my my defense is the weaker part of my game. So I've been doing a lot of work with that. Like just finding way finding areas to improve and improving the areas you're already good. At. Yeah, that's fantastic. So before we wrap up here. I want to end on a positive note. What is uh, as short as the season was? What was your favorite moment from the twenty twenty season? Oh boy! <laughs> oh man! 
I'm tempted to say one the I'm tempted to say the bat flip that went viral against Bryant, but I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know boost my own ego like that. I'm gonna say it was I'm definitely gonna say um. Can I give you a top three? Can I give you my like a, like a three like in no order? All right, so three I would say when when uh Maddie Orlando made that diving stop again at when we were at Coastal Carolina because. Tommy had just gotten hurt that weekend to throw him into the fire against a team like Coastal Carolina like that. I was, I was, that's my man right there. I was proud of him for that. Like, that's how I knew he was going to be a player. Um, two, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the, uh, the comeback against um, College of Charleston. I'm going to say the comeback against College of Charleston because it's not so much, it wasn't so much the comeback that we won, right? It was more so like the mindset we had as a team that whole game. Like, even though we were down that whole game, there was never a time when we were in a dugout where we thought we were going to lose. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember so many, I remember so many instances during that game where we would get guys on and like we hit a, hit a ball into the gap, but like because the wind was blowing in, the guy would just get, just catch at the warning track. That happened like four times that game. Right, so we we were never in during that game. We never felt that we were going to lose, and we just kept the pressure, kept the pressure on. Like, and then all of a sudden we just broke through, right? And I feel like that's the that's a mindset that we can hold as a team. You know, I I feel like if we can hold a, a mindset like that as a team, then that's going to be like we're going to be dangerous come next year. Absolutely, and one more, <laughs> number one, and and I'm and of course I was going to say. Uh, so Bobby Z is one of my, is my roommate. Bobby <laughs> Z is my roommate. He he he's a, he's a room right next to mine. And I remember the Friday night the Friday night against Bryant. I told him I was like Bobby, you about to go off now. I feel it. Goes in two home runs, six RBI. I like. <laughs> and I remember after the um after the the grand slam he hit, right. <laughs> I was in. The, I don't. I don't even know if you remember this because I don't think you were in the dugout. When we got to the dugout, I was talking so much trash about Bobby. I was like, "My man, Bobby, ain't none of y'all like him." Like, man, I try to hype Bobby up because, man, he could be really. He, Bobby could be really, really good. Man. Like, I, a lot of the freshmen we have could be really, really good, and that's why I'm looking forward to next year because we. Because now they have like a somewhat of a year under of college baseball under their belt, you know they gotten to see they gotten to see the team like Coastal Carolina, like you know a top tier team, you know. So at the end of the day, like I look forward to next year, and you know I can be patient these four months, and hopefully we can get back on the field because I look forward to it. I got I try I try not to stress about the things I can't control. Absolutely, Maxwell, man, always good talking to you. Uh, I mean, I hope you're staying healthy. Hope your family stays healthy. Cannot wait to see you guys back out on the field. I hope you're excited for sports to come back as much as I am. You too. All right. We thank Maxwell Costas again for coming on the podcast. Uh, Don't know when we'll have another episode out, but hopefully that will be sooner rather than later. We still want to keep some content going. Get you fans the Maryland baseball feel that you uh, may be missing during this time. Maybe catch some old games on the Big Ten Network if they're up there. Ben, have you watched any old games in any sport uh, recently? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't even want to say which year of, of MLB baseball I've been watching a lot of because it will hurt you. Um, but, but I've been watching a lot of that. I've been watching a lot of, uh, 
old Bruins games and, and uh, a lot of old soccer just because sort of there's such a scale of soccer that I'm able to find games where I don't know what happened. How about you? Um, well, uh, yeah, I try and catch some like Yankees classics when I can. Um, I was actually watching a little bit of the NBA 2K tournament that they did. Uh, um, that's, that's how times have gotten, but, uh, I actually started, uh, playing diamond dynasty in the show and I started, uh, I made a Maryland team. Uh, you know, I designed some jerseys, so it was pretty cool. Send them in, see if they'll wear them next year. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that one. Well, Ben, I thank you for taking the time and I thank you all for listening. If there's any content ideas, anything you want to see from us on the podcast, uh, feel free to let us know. Thanks for listening and, uh, hope you're staying healthy. 